the book of Joshua, chapter number three. If you found it, say amen. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shidom and came to Jordan. He and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host. And they commanded the people saying, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites bearing it, then ye shall remove from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that ye may know the way by which ye must go. For ye have not passed this way here tofore. And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Notice with me, if you will, the last portion of verse number four. For you have not passed this way here to four. I want to preach tonight with the help of God for a while on how to get where you've never been before. How to get where you've never been before. God, I thank you. What a wonderful group of people that we have the privilege of worshiping you with. God, I pray for the anointing of the Holy Ghost to settle on this place in a mighty way. I'm asking you for the cloud of your glory to move in this place. For the anointing of the Holy Ghost to touch our ears, to hear not just in the natural, but in the spirit. Anoint our minds to understand. Let revelation come. Anoint our lives and our hearts to receive and react to your word. And most of all, let us live it out. Confirm your word with signs following. God, I'm asking you to do it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Give the Lord a good hand clap of praise as you're being seated. God bless you. Over the years, I have preached many messages from this passage of Scripture. I've preached in different venues and different types of services all around the world from this passage of Scripture. I thought I had exhausted everything that there was to preach from these verses, but here I find myself going back to it one more time. In praying about tonight's service, I found God speaking a phrase to my soul repeatedly. And the phrase was, you've not passed this way before. This is an old way, this you have not passed this way heretofore is an old way of saying you're going somewhere you've never been before. I've been preaching around our fellowship and our organization since 1990. I started traveling and preaching revivals. I received my ministerial credential in 1991. Brother R.B. Bingham 
Brother Gene Ebright were on the credential committee. Some of you older folks, you know who I'm talking about. You younger folks, you missed a good chance to know some good men. In the fall of 1990, I preached in Knoxville for the McCools for the first time. I was a 19-year-old kid. I had never gone anywhere alone, out of state, and here I was traveling the country by myself. I had a Rand McNally Atlas, which for you young folks, that was a GPS, except it was paper. There were no cell phones, there were no GPS apps. It was me and a big book of maps. I remember the first time I came to Bethlehem to preach. July of 1991. I had left Camp Alla in Louisiana and headed north. It was a Saturday and man, it was hot as the devil. I had no idea where I was going. Leaving the campground, I crossed the Mississippi River at Vicksburg. I stopped at a payphone. For you young folks, that's a cell phone that's surrounded by glass and has wires. <laughs> I stopped in Vicksburg at a payphone and I called Brother Wilson's home number because there were no cell phones. And there was no answer. It was a Saturday afternoon. They were out and about. So I drove to Jackson and I called at another payphone and no answer. I stopped at Madison and called from a payphone and got no answer. I stopped at Grenada and got no answer. I didn't know that I was supposed to get off at Water Valley, so I got to Batesville and stopped at a payphone and got no answer. Next thing I knew, I got off it. I didn't know how to say it, but I know now it was Cenotopia and got no answer. I got to South Haven and finally, hello. <laughs> he told me to, how to get to Highway 78. I came down and around Red Banks, the four lanes stopped. And from there, it was the most excruciating two-lane road in the history of the universe. <laughs> That's back when we had a red light. The only town I've ever known that lost a red light in a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> I finally turned on 349. I made it as far as Bucksnort and thought, there's no way that church could be that far out. So I turned around and went back to Potts Camp. <laughs> thought I'd missed it. I thought, well, so I turned back around and I went out as far as Bucksnort again. and turned. I did that three times. I didn't think that there could be a church this far out. Finally, I just decided I was going to drive till I saw the church. It was difficult for me because I had never been this way heretofore. When you have no reference point for where you are, it's hard to know how to get there. It's hard to know how to get somewhere you've never been before. Brothers and sisters, friends and guests, this church is somewhere it's never been before. Amen. I've seen many great revivals here. And I've heard of other great revivals that happen here. 
I've heard of the Richard Hurd revival and the Earl Lee revival of the 70s and 80s. I was here for the James Croom revival of the early 90s and some of the Andy Wan and George Guy revivals. I was here for the tent revival with Michael Disatel and Todd Nichols and some of the great revivals of this church's history. I've been here for some of the Brother Johnson revivals and the Brother Lewis revivals and on and on we could go. We've seen great revivals over the years. We've seen God do some stuff, thank the Lord. But I've never seen a revival that has basically gone on for two years and it doesn't matter if we have an evangelist or not. It doesn't matter if I'm here or on the other side of the world. It's a sovereign move of the Spirit of God. People from all walks of life and all backgrounds and all kinds of issues are coming to this place to find hope and help and power in the blood and the Spirit of Jesus Christ. People from all over the world are asking about what they're watching God do here. And may I say to our online audience from wherever you are, thank you for being with us tonight. I mentioned, I think this morning perhaps, that I was in the Middle East last Sunday and someone from the church there, they asked me a question. They said, what happened that turned the switch that started such a great revival? They watch it online. Another young lady who has family nearby and she said, she said her mom wanted her to ask me what happened that started this revival that they've been watching online. I had an evangelist that texted me after preaching here. I was gone. He texted me one word. He just said, bro, with three exclamation marks. <laughs> We're seeing an amazing move of the Spirit of God, and I'm thankful for it. I'm excited about it. Amen. I've told preachers all over that this is the revival of my dreams. It's taken a lot of hard work and a lot of prayer and fasting and Bible studies and discipleship by a lot of different people to make it happen. It's not by accident. What we're seeing is not an accident. It doesn't just happen. Revival is an answer and not a gift. Amen. You've heard me tell that, right? You heard me tell revival's an answer, not a gift. I was praying. I, I, we desperately needed a move of the Spirit. We needed God to turn some stuff around. And I was back in the prayer room praying. And I was saying, God, give revival. God, give revival. And three times the Holy Ghost told me, I don't give revival. And so I finally said, okay, God, if you don't give revival, you got to tell me what you mean because I don't understand what you're talking about. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, revival is not a gift, it's an answer. But if you'll do what it takes to have it, I'll answer you with revival. And we've watched God answer and put people in the water and people in the altar and put families back together and heal diseases and heal bodies and touch people's minds. And we watched it over and over and over and over and over. Amen. It happened again today. Somebody was baptized in Jesus' name. Thank God for what he's doing. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Man, I, 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 told, I think I told you this morning, I, I'm getting difference makers. And this morning's message and some conversations I had this afternoon all mixed up. And so if I say that I said something and you didn't hear it, it didn't mean I'm lying. It means that you weren't there when I said it. How's that? Right. Amen. But I, I, I was talking to somebody 
and, and thinking about what God's been doing. And, I, and I've, I've been looking at what God's doing. And last week I was writing on last Sunday afternoon after the conference in Lebanon ended. We were riding in the van to go eat. And a bunch of preachers were in the van together. And we were going up the highway and trafficking. And, uh, and, and I was watching our Sunday morning service on my phone in the van. And, uh, and I'm like, dear God, that place is going crazy. <laughs> and, and I'm like, and then the next thing I know, the, the door opens up and people are outside. And then next thing I know, there's a camera out there. And then, and then it's back here and people flipping and doing all kinds of stuff and things happening. And then, and then, and I'm wondering in my mind, I'm thinking, my God, there's all that going on. But I wonder if anybody's being, being baptized tonight. Because just having all that excitement for excitement's sake is not the goal. The excitement is about praising and magnifying Jesus. It's about Him. It's not about my adrenaline and how excited. It's about praising Him. And then I got the text message. Five people were baptized in Jesus' name. Thank God for what He's doing. Thank God for creating an atmosphere of worship where everything possible can happen in this place. Amen. Brother Daniel Riley, he's in here somewhere, and uh, he, he brought me a bottle of water, and they started that, been baptized in Jesus' name, and I looked at him and said, I'm still preaching. <laughs> and, and then he said, he said, well, we'll see what God has. I said, God gave it to me. I'm preaching. <laughs> We've seen miracles. We've seen deliverance. We've seen demonstration of the Spirit. There's people coming here, they got no idea what all this is all about, but they know there's something about it they can't get away from. I've had people that told me they left scared, but when they got to their car, there was something about it that they felt like they were drawn back to it because it's the Holy Ghost and it's the fire of the Spirit of God and it's stirring stuff up. There's people watching right now, you have no idea what's going on, but you know you want it. And I know you want it, and God knows you want it, and God's going to fill you. You can get it in your house right now. Lift your hands and say, I want the Holy Ghost, and God will pour it out. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm trying my best. And and let, let me tell you, I know these young people are excited. Man, they eat me out of house and home. I can't buy enough chocolate milk to keep these boys full of milk. I'd rather buy chocolate milk and have them at my house than have them out there drinking beer on a creekside somewhere. So if you want to donate to the chocolate milk fund. But I know they're excited. I know they're excited. Then you know what? Do nothing but say boo to them and they're ready to shout. Watch this. Boo. I told you. I know they're excited, but this morning I had an elder, a 71-year-old elder in my office, and he said, Pastor, we got to get that building done. Will you build it? God's going to fill it up. I'm telling you, there is something that's happening. It's time to go, folks. It's time to go. It's time. I don't know what you're waiting on, but if you're waiting on something, it's time to go. It's time to shake yourself and stir yourself and say, I want what they got. I want to have some of it too. Our elders need it. Our middle-aged folks need it. Our little kids need it. 
It's the Holy Ghost and fire. And I want more of it. Let me tell you, it's a whole lot easier to calm people down than it is to fire them up. I'd much rather have to say calm down a little bit than try to beg people to worship God. I say let's just let it go and let's let God do what God wants to do. God give us two million dollars to finish that building. God send it. Send it to these people. Send it through their jobs. Send it through their blessings so we can do what you're going to do. We've seen miracles. We've seen deliverance. We've seen demonstration of the spirit. We've seen somewhere between 200 and 250 people baptized in Jesus' name in the last two years through a lockdown, through a pandemic. We had to shut down four or five times because of COVID outbreaks in our congregation. But through it all, we've watched God just keep pouring out the Holy Ghost and pouring out the Holy Ghost and pouring out the Holy Ghost. I don't expect it to stop. Amen. I told somebody this morning, I may have told everybody, that God put me under conviction. Did I tell you all that this morning? This message is really God's rebuke to me. I was writing with some great men of God that I preached this conference with. To be honest with you, their churches are all larger than ours. One of them is probably double the size of ours. And I'm riding in the van with these, with these good men of God. And we're watching you guys go nuts in the, in, the, in the good way. And we start talking about what God's doing. And they start asking questions. And I start telling them just the stuff I just preached to you all. And, and, I, and I made a statement while riding in that van on the other side of the world. In the conversation, I said this, quote, I'm just trying to ride the wave as long as I can. And then God said, poof. And I said, ooh. Because as soon as I said it, the Holy Ghost convicted me. Because see, the way my mind has been framed is this is as good as it can get. At some point, it's just going to peter out and we'll have to try to do something else another time. I'm confessing right now, okay? I'm confessing. In my mind, surely we can't continue to see this many people baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost much longer. There's only so many people out here. Surely we can't sustain this level of revival much longer. And that's when the Holy Ghost spoke to me. You've not passed this way before. You've not been here before. You're not dealing like you've always dealt. You've gone to another place as a church and as a body of Christ and as a people of God. You stepped into another dimension and another level and another place. You can't judge this revival by all the past revivals because you've never been here before. Oh, Holy Ghost, help me right now. This is, this, oh God. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. That, that, that phrase, you've not passed this way here to, here to four. He said, what, what you're dealing with. You're, you're, you're going somewhere that you've dreamed about, but you've not really ever seen it. You're getting ready to walk somewhere that's been prophesied to you, but you've not been there before. Brothers and sisters, this is an almost, let me just tell you what the Holy Ghost spoke. He said, he told me, he, 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 I'm, I'm riding in a van and I'm just, named God just. 
and, and, I, and, and, and I'm, that, that video's playing and people backflipping and all that and God's just convicting my heart. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me. And He said, what you thought was the end hasn't even started yet. What you thought was the best it could ever be is just the beginning of what I'm really going to do. My God, that makes me excited. Oh God, man, that, 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 I feel like I'm about to explode because that does something to my spirit. Let me tell you why I'm excited about it. Let me tell you why I'm excited about it. Because those pews can't have that kind of revival. That carpet can't have that kind of revival. These walls can't have that kind of revival. If we're going to have it, that means it's going to happen for you. For your family. For your children. For your sons. For your daughters. For your moms. For your dads. For your brothers. For your sisters. For your co-workers. For your neighbors. That, that excites me. That means everybody in this place is eligible to see a mighty move of God in your family and friends. Hey, I'm excited about it. God poured out. God poured out. God poured out. God poured out. Oh God, let it happen in this place. Hallelujah. God, let it happen for his family. God, let it happen for this boy's family. God, let it be something that's talked about a hundred years from now if you don't come back. What God's doing. There's addicts getting ready to come to this altar and they're going to be delivered in a moment. God, let it happen on this pew and on this pew and on this pew. God, let it happen on this pew and on this one. You know what I'm talking about. God, let it happen in this family in Jesus' name. God, pour it out in this row and that row and in these aisles. And then God, let us take it all over there and let us fill that one up because this house isn't big enough for what God wants to do. We've not been here before. So, said amen yet you ought to say it right now because what I'm preaching about is something that's going to turn your family upside down it's going to do something in your kids and grandkids and great generations down the line are going to look back at what God did in your life and they're going to say that's when our family turned around that's when everything you ought to shout right now because this is a promise for you this is for you this is for you Since you've not been here before, I'm going to take you someplace you've never been. You've dreamed about it. You hoped for it, but you've not been there. Anybody want it? Anybody want it? Does anybody want it? I said, does anybody want it? You don't have to have it. You don't have to get it. But if you want it, you can have it.
Where's Brother Kerry George? He's got a camera on him. Where's he at? Come, come here, brother. You got that camera, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna hijack you from the from the team for a minute. Listen, I there's I appreciate the history of this church. But the history was not intended for us to always look back on and wish for. It was intended to be a foundation to let us know that there's places we can go and higher places we can reach. We're not here because we're so good. We're here because generations of people have put their blood in this church. Generations of people have put their prayers in this church. You're standing where somebody else cried. You're standing where an elder shouted. They're out in that grave now, but they shouted where you're standing right now. Amen. He, he doesn't have to preach or testify or nothing. But man, I got a blessing, Sister Joanna, when you, when you come and told me this morning, if, 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 if you feel an old-fashioned move of God in here tonight, yeah. and you feel something that seems a little familiar, yeah. amen, this suit hadn't been to this church since at least 1995. But Sister Joanna gave brother, one of Brother J. Frank Wilson's suits to Brother Kerry, and he walked it in here tonight. That's why... I feel something old and I feel something new at the same time. Hey, it's an upper room, Holy Ghost. Hey, we're going, we're going, we're going, we're going, we're going. I got to preach my message, dear Lord. Come on, preach. You, how, how do you get somewhere you've never been before? Brother, Brother Kerry, I wish I was your size. Just for a day, I'd wear that suit. I'd shout my head off in it. How do you get where you've never been? He said, folks, you get ready to go somewhere you've never been. Here's the only way you're going to be able to get there. You got to follow the presence of God to get there. When you see the ark, I need about four of you boys. Or about four million. I need two more. The Bible said six, so we're going to take six. The Bible said, he said, I don't know what happened, but I didn't do it this time. Okay. All right. Be all right. All right. Here's what the Bible said. He said, tomorrow God's going to do great things for you. For 400 years, you dreamed about it. Your elders talked about it. They talked about it. The prophets spoke about it. For all these years we've been in Egypt, they've been talking about going to Canaan land. Well, folks, let me tell you, we're going tomorrow. The wait is over. It's time to walk. The wait is over. It's time to go. The wait is over. It's time to step into it. The wait is over. It's time to cross the Jordan. But the only way you can do it 
is you got to follow the ark of God. When the ark starts moving, you got to get moving. The only way to have this kind of revival is if it's a Wednesday night and the Holy Ghost starts moving. You forget about Wednesday night. You just step in and let God do it. If it's Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, when God starts to move, it's time to go with him. The only way to have this kind of revival is we need the entire church to be led by the Spirit of God. you got to be bold enough to step out when God says step out. To go when God says go. When you drive by a house and the Holy Ghost says stop and invite them to church, you got to stop and get in that driveway and you got to invite them to church. The only way to get to this place is you got to be led by the Spirit of God. He said, When the ark goes, you go. When the ark moves, you move. When the presence of God gets moving, if you want to go somewhere you've never been before, you just got to go with it. Let me tell you, I don't care if they're singing an old song, a new song, a fast song, a slow song. Man, I quoted the Fresh Prince this morning. Hey, watch out, boys. You're going to hit that. Go, but go carefully. Just drop it down a little bit. There you are making me nervous. Go. Let me tell you, if you want this kind of revival in your family... It's a spirit-led revival. It's not dictated to by schisms in the church, by groups in the church. It's not dictated by personal likes and dislikes. If I get aggravated at somebody, instead of me just acting how I want to, I got to let the Holy Ghost help me work it out. Because I got to be spirit-led. Amen. You believe that, Luke? Go with me. Hey, this boy's been healed of cancer. You don't think I want to keep experiencing what we've seen here? I want more people healed of cancer. I want more deliverance. They scuffed up the wall and I couldn't get it off, but that's all right. We can buy paint, but you can't pay for what a move of God would cost. I'm telling you, there's a Holy Ghost outbreak getting ready out here, but never seen in Jesus' name. Anybody want to claim it? Anybody want to claim it? Anybody want to walk in a fresh anointing? Anybody want to walk in a fresh anointing and a fresh power and a fresh move of the Spirit? I'm saying let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's have it. Let's be led by the Holy Ghost. Let's keep praying and worshiping. Hallelujah, Brother Randy. Brother Randy Goode, I'm so happy and I'm so excited about what God's doing. Amen. I, I've watched you come to prayer meeting and I've, I've listened to you say amen sometimes when nobody else would. And today I got to see you have your granddaughter baptized in Jesus' name. Don't tell me it's not worth it. You got to follow. Hey, there's some folks ought to be shouting right now. If you break some pride walls in your life right now, you may find a breakthrough. Can I have just a, just a, a little more? Here's, 
I'll be honest with you, I'm going to hurry because I am one hungry dude right now. <laughs> Joshua 3 and 10, and Joshua said, Hereby ye shall know that the living God is among you, that he will without fail. He will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, and the Amorites, and the Jebusites. If you're going to have this kind of revival, there's some stuff you got to drive out. There's some things in our lives we can't let stay if we're going to walk in the spirit and see what God wants to do. We got to make a choice. Do we want the world or do we want this kind of revival? Do I want this kind of a move of the spirit or do I want my habit, my ritual, my tradition? Do I want my comfort zone or do I want this kind of revival that blows the top off this community? I want the revival. And for that, I got to drive some stuff out of my life. The word Canaanite means a peddler or a traitor. If you're going to get what God wants, you got to quit letting the devil talk you out of some stuff that you got. Can I tell somebody? Listen, there's some folks. and I'm going to be nice and I'm going to be tender. But I'm going to be honest with you. There's some folks that you let holiness in your life go to a certain place and then you decided that's as far as I'm willing to go. You let the enemy trade you out of the next level of what God wants to do in your life. Let me tell you, if the enemy is trying to trade you, take your holiness for his worldliness, that's because he knows there's more value in what you've got than what he's got. And so I'm not trading my walk with God and my con. Oh, don't get quiet on me now. I won't think. I think you don't believe holiness anymore. I'm kicking the Canaanites out. I'm not trading with the world anymore. I'm not trading with the enemy anymore. I'm not trading with hell anymore. Then he said, "You got it." Then he said, "You got to get uh, the, the, the Hittites out of there." The Hittites is a nation whose name comes from their ancestor named Heth, and it means terror or fear. Let me tell you something. Revival's not for the weak. Revival's for the bold. You can't not pray because you're afraid the devil's going to come back after you. You can't not reach for lost people because you're afraid of what somebody might think about you. You got to get fear out of your mind and out of your heart if we're going to go to a place we've never been before. We can't worry about what dead denominationalism thinks about us. We can't think about what dead politics think about us. We can't think about what other dead apostolic churches think about us. We got to get the terror out of our mind. If we're going to have revival, we got to get it out of our mind. That's the only way. That's the only way to get. You can't be afraid. Look. I had, a, I had a friend, I have a friend, have a friend, who was pastoring a church, and man, they're winning dope heads and drug addicts and all kinds of people for their inner city, and man, it's a mess, they, they, people come in, and uh, he has folks in his choir, 
And man, you can't see a, uh, you can't hardly see a square inch of natural colored skin. And, and, a, and another, another apostolic preacher was criticizing him for having that on his platform. Here's what I say about it. The critical preacher probably ain't going to heaven. Because he worries more about what other people think about him than reaching for people that need God. I'm tired of being worried about what people that never have revival think about us. If you think we're crazy, you think it if you want to. If you think we've lost it, think it if you want to. But I'm going to be delivered from the fear of the Hittites. I'm driving that out of my mind. I'm not going to worry about what people think about me. I'm not going to worry about what other churches think about me. I'm not going to worry about what anybody thinks. If God says do it, we're going to do it. We're going to drive the Hittites out. There's no room for revival and Hittites. I'm hurrying. Don't, don't worry. This next, the next three are all one group. The Hivites, Perizzites, and Girgashites. All three of their names are very similar in meaning. It means a villager or belonging to a village or dwelling in a place. Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites. What they did is they got to a certain point and they just stopped and built a village and, and never went any further. They didn't go. They weren't where they had intended to originally go. They got to a certain point and said, nah, this is good enough. We'll build a house here. We'll build a village here and we'll just stop. Let me just tell you something. I don't want to just be a villager. I don't want to just say, well, look, we got a good crowd. Everything's good. Finances are good. I think we can stop right here. We've baptized enough people. We've seen enough people get the Holy Ghost. We've seen enough revival. I don't want to be a villager in a place that God didn't call us to stop. God's calling us onward, upward, forward, outward. God's saying, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. I don't want to be a villager. Listen, one of the things we have to fight is comfort. One of, am, I telling, am I telling them right, Sister D? You, you've been in church a long time. I, man, I, I, you, you, have, you, have, you have lived for God and, been, and, and served God, and I'm trying to talk my way back so I don't get in trouble. But, 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 I, but you lived for God a long time, and you've seen people, haven't you, that God was wanting to bless, but they got to a point where they said, no, this is far enough. I think we've, we've all seen it. We've seen it in churches. We've seen churches grow to a certain point and say, you know what? If we grow anymore, it's going to be more work. We better stop. Hey, I don't want that mentality. I wasn't called to be a villager. I'm called to follow the ark. I'm called to follow the presence of God. And I'm not going to stop short of what God's called us. Everybody ought to say, God, help me have that mindset right now. Help me to have the mindset that I'm not going to quit short of where you've called me to be. Amen. Sister B, warm up the Suburban. I'm ready to go eat. He said also, you have to drive out the Amorites. The Amorites, their name means a sayer or a talker, a boaster, publicity. All they do is just run that yapper. They talk so much that they never do anything. They talk, but they don't work. They talk, but they don't pray. They talk, but they don't worship. They talk, but they don't teach Bible studies. They talk, but they don't teach Sunday school. They talk, but they don't serve on the usher team. 
They talk, but they won't get in the choir. They talk about revival, talk about it, talk about it, but never do any. We got to drive that out. If we're going to be the church God's called us to be, we got to all be busy. If you just say amen, I'll think I didn't make you mad there. Amen. Amen. You know, that, let's not just talk the talk. Let's walk the walk. Amen. Let's not just say we love lost people. Let's love lost people. Let's not just say we're going to reach for sinners, but let's really reach for sinners. Let's not just say we want our children to grow up and love God. Let's help them grow up and love God. Let's be worshipers and examples and busy. You got to drive. You got to drive that. You got to drive that out. Amen. And, and, and on page 14 of my notes, it says, finally. You have to drive out the Jebusites. I'm so hot up here. I put my glasses on. They steam up. I can't see anything. I take them off and I can't see. He said you have to drive out the Jebusites. The Jebusites were the descendants of a guy named Jebus. Jebus means to trample down or to be polluted. There's always going to be temptation to trample down things that God has put in our lives. To be polluted by the world and polluted with agendas and polluted with self-will. But if we're going to get where God wants us to go, we got to drive that pollution out of our minds. God, I don't want anything that keeps me from the kind of revival that you're talking about. God said, you've not passed this way heretofore. But if you'll follow my presence, you can have everything that this book says you can have. You've not really, you, you've, you've seen little bits here and there. You've seen some here and there. But the kind of revival I want to send, I said, God, I just want to ride the wave. And God said, man, don't talk like that. Don't you ever talk like that. You haven't even began to see. We've been in one or two rehab centers. I'm going to tell you, we need to be in four or five or six or seven of them. Amen. We need to have about five or six be free chapters all around North Mississippi to change people's lives, to get the word into them. We got 40 Bible study teachers. We ought to have 140. We ought to have about a hundred ministers in this church that at any time are ready to lay their hands on people and pray them through the Holy Ghost. We got moms and dads and men and women that are ready for revival. I see it in you. Amen. I see it in your eyes. I don't know what's happening, but I see it. It's one of the few things I can see. Amen. I see it. Man, I see it. You, you, I'm, telling, I'm telling you what. The, what God's getting ready to do for you and your family. You just remember this night. You just remember this night. Because you've not been this way here before. There's a whole new. I'm going to tell you, God wants you to have the Holy Ghost and fire like you've never seen before. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God, I feel something coming down here right now. Somebody ought to reach out for it. There's been hurts, but there's a healer. There's been disappointments, but there's a joy giver. There's been breakdowns, but there's a God that builds up.
tired of dead church, tired of dead religion, tired of dead denominationalism. I want what the book of Acts says we can have. I want to walk in it. I want to see it. I want to experience it. I want to write about it, talk about it, preach about it, sing about it. I want to see it. I want some moms and dads to throw your hands in the air. You're worried about your kids. You feel like maybe they're drifting. I want you to throw your hands in the air, and I want you to know you've not been this way before, but God's going to guide you. The Holy Ghost is going to give you the right words and the right actions. He's going to tell you how to raise. He's going to tell you how to raise apostolic kids in 2022 and beyond. He didn't bring us this far to leave us. He didn't bring us this far so we could be swallowed up by this generation. God put something in us. This is our generation. This is our moment. This is our time. Reach over lay your hand on somebody around you. This whole sermon, this whole sermon is God's rebuke to me. Because I was tempted, Brother Pat, and I was tempted to think it can't get any better. And God said, you don't have any idea what I'm getting ready to do. And it's not about me. It's about lost people and hurting people and broken people and disappointed people and troubled people. It's about addicted people, abused people. Empty people, poor people, educated people. Ah, I feel it, I feel it. Go ahead, open your mouth and let it out. Open your mouth and let it out. Open your spirit and say, God, I'm following the Holy Ghost now. Feels like fire, don't it? Feels like fire. Come on. Come on. I know what we're waiting on. We're waiting on the music and we're waiting on an altar call. But it, we're just going to follow the Holy Ghost right now. Why don't you just open your mouth and begin to pray things? That your initial reaction is, that's impossible. I can't even say it. Oh, yes, Lord. Wiley, I want you right now to begin saying things that you want God to do in your ministry. I want you to speak boldly. I want you to... Declare, I mean it right now. I want you to begin to say what you got want God to do through your ministry right now. I want you to declare it in the name of Jesus. You've not been this way before, but that doesn't mean you can't go there. I want some parents to begin to speak what you want to see in your children right now. I want you to open your mouth and say it. God, I want them to walk in truth. 
God, I want them to fall in love with holiness. God, I want them to be used by you. Some of you parents with babies, you ought to hold your baby in your arm and say, God, this is going to be a walking, breathing, talking revival. They're not going to backslide and then have to come back wounded and broken. God, I declare them for your kingdom's sake. birth it in prayer birth it by declarations of faith birth it by what the Holy Ghost speaks to you and being spirit led 